Oh, let's pray. Uh, Lord, I just I want to thank you for everything you've done in here tonight. And God, I just, I just pray that with this passage tonight that you would just show us and help us to build this knowledge about, about what you're talking about when, you, when we're talking about being broken vessels. And God, I pray that hearts would be spoken to tonight, not by me, but Lord, by you, and that hearts would be changed. Even if it's just a little bit, Lord, we just we need we need you to show us more. We need our vision to become more clear. So Lord, I just ask you to do that right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So um, last week we started this new series called Broken Vessels. And really what we talked about is that the Pharisees, we were in Mark chapter seven, the Pharisees were mad at Jesus' disciples because they didn't wash their hands a certain way before they ate. And what we took away from that was that when we go to this world as broken vessels, as people who are in need of a Savior, and we're carrying this message to the world, instead of being like the Pharisees who are trying to be exclusive, they're, they're avoiding culture. They're, making their own, they're building themselves up, making their own culture. They're avoiding everybody else. And they're making a list of do's and don'ts for everybody out there to say, this is what you have to do to get close to God. So what we took away from that was that we're not going to make a list of do's and don'ts that we carry to the rest of the world. Instead, we're going to bring the Holy Spirit as broken vessels, as broken people, people in need of a Savior, who is bringing, bringing this message to other people who are broken and in need of a Savior. So carrying on from that idea of not avoiding culture, but engaging the culture in what we do. For example, there's a lot of musicians out there who don't know Jesus. So when we, when we avoid culture and we're not bringing the message to this world and say, I'm a musician, and I completely avoid them altogether, this, it, there's no point in that. We're, we're completely disregarding them but instead, what, what should I do? I should go to them and relate to them on a level that they can understand. Relate to them as a musician. Relate to them how, you know, you put emotion in the song and, and stuff like that. And then by the time you build a relationship with that person, you can tell them, I have a reason to sing. I have a purpose behind this song. And, you know, I know you do too. And, and connect with them on that level and share the gospel with them in that way. That's just a small example. But carrying on from that, uh, we're going to be in Mark chapter 8. Uh, tonight, and um, it's just so weird how how God, like, I'm, I'm just reading, and then all of a sudden, he's just like, it, every time it's like, okay, that this is what you need to talk about, and it seems like something just, it doesn't seem like something I would have chosen to talk about for, you know, this series, but hey, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It, it makes sense to me if God wants to do it, so... I want to do it. So we're going to be in Mark chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 1, and we're just going to read through it. It says, About this time another large crowd had gathered, and the people ran out of food again. Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. They have been here with me for three days, and they have nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will faint along the way, for some of them have come a long distance. His disciples replied, How are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? Jesus asked, How much bread do you have? Seven loaves, they replied. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves, thanked God for them, and broke them into pieces. 
He gave them to the disciples who distributed the bread to the crowd. A few small fish were found too, so Jesus also blessed these and told the disciples to distribute them. They ate as much as they wanted. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. There were about 4,000 men in the crowd that day, and Jesus sent them home after they had eaten. Immediately after this, he got into a boat with his disciples and crossed over to the region of Dalmanutha. Okay, so the storyline here is that this large crowd of people had been following him for some days now, and they are starting to run out of food. Simple solution. Let's get them some food. They're hungry. But the problem with that was is they weren't like around some marketplaces or anything like that. So they were like, well, how are we going to feed them if we're out here in the middle of nowhere and we have no food and we have no money to buy them food? So Jesus asked, well, how many loaves of bread do we have? And they said seven. So he takes that seven loaves of bread and he Ask God to bless them, bless this food, thanking God for this food, just like we do when we sit down at the dinner table and we say, God, thank you for this food. Thank you for providing it for us. We know that it's not ourselves that got this food. So he thanks God for this food, and it starts to multiply. And he hands it to his disciples, and they go throughout the crowd of 4,000 men. So that means that there could have been anywhere around Twelve to 16,000 people there. And I know we hear the story of the 5,000 a ton, and it seems like whenever I'm reading or if I just come across that passage, I kind of just read through it fast like it's like, oh, I've heard that story a million times, but like how crazy is it that he fed this many people? And, and it's the only miracle that's recorded in all four Gospels, but I'm just thinking how crazy this would have been if I was sitting here watching this. And I often think about him having the basket or like having the bread and just trying to watch. You know how you do a magician, like a magician, and how they're like, they like stick a sword in the box and you're wondering, it's like, okay, they're just kind of wiggling around there. They're not getting stabbed or something. You just kind of watch, like make that little mistake about where their magic is going wrong or whatever. I'm just thinking, if I'm storing that crown, I'm trying to figure out where that bread's coming from. If I'm the disciples, I'm going to stop and ask him or something, like, dude, how are you doing this? Like, there's, all we have is seven loaves. I just passed out 14, you know. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. But if you think about it, let's put it in terms of pizza. I, I had to do this to get a picture in my mind about how big of a crowd this was. So there's 16,000 people. Let's take the upper hand here. 16,000 people. And if you have two pieces a piece. So we all know you don't just eat one piece of pizza. That's not cool. So there's 32,000 pieces of pizza there. So that's 8,000 pizza boxes. Or 4,000 pizza boxes, if there's eight slices in each. That is crazy. That's a lot of pizza. And it just came from nowhere. I mean, just no. I mean, he just said, here you go, here you go, here you go. And it just keeps coming, it keeps coming, it keeps coming. And then he finds, they found some fish, and he did the same thing with them. But what I want to notice from this is not just that he fed them. I mean, that's cool and all that kind of stuff, but there's a purpose behind him feeding them this way. First of all, I want to notice who gave them the bread. So Jesus handed the disciples the bread, and they were the ones to distribute that bread. They were the ones to serve. See, Jesus could have just said, God, make 
manna rain from heaven like it used to. He could have quoted some prophecy and it all made sense. We'd have never questioned that or nothing like that. But what he wanted to do was use the disciples. And that's us. Like we were talking about last week, we're the, we're the vessels. We carry this message to the rest of the world. And sometimes, maybe, I don't know if we do this or not, but sometimes I think maybe we can feel like that's a burden, almost. You know, we feel like, we feel like there's, there's so many people in this world, and I can only tell so many, or, and you have this argument of, well, who do I tell? People across the street or people across the sea? What do I, I mean, I don't know what to tell. And then, and then by the time you figure these questions out, you're I'm so overwhelmed, I don't even want to tell anybody. I'm just, I'm scared to death to talk to somebody. about how, how am I supposed to bring up this conversation? Like, are they going to ask questions, or I'm going to have to say it, or what? Do I go door to door? I mean, like, we just start thinking about all these things, and we're just overwhelming ourselves. We're going crazy because we think that it's us. We think that we determine these things. And, and really, that's a, a lack of trust in God when we're just trying to consider how we're supposed to win these people over for Jesus. But in all the time, God's saying, I'll provide the words. I'll provide the steps. I'll provide the finances to go here or go there. Or I'll provide the heart, the conviction behind it if you just trust me. See, he's just, he's handing out this bread to these, to these disciples, and they're, they're handing out as freely as it's given to them. And that's, that's us too. This message that we have, we bring it to the world, whether it's your friend in school, or whether it's uh, across the sea or whatever. But get this, get this, it doesn't matter who it is. Isn't that crazy? That it doesn't matter if you ever share it with someone in Africa, or whether they're in Canada or Russia, if the person across the street has never heard about Jesus, or if they have, and your conversation with them is the one that sent them over the edge after years of hearing, well, what does it matter? What, what I think about when I think about these things is that uh, one time uh, when Kenny and the college and career group went to Haiti for the first time, I, I was unable to go. First of all, I was, in, I was still in the youth. Second of all, I had a lot of stuff to do with basketball, and, and I didn't have enough time to get shots or whatever. I just I couldn't go, and uh, we didn't have enough money, whatever. I don't know what happened. I didn't get to go, and I was kind of sad about it. But he came back, and they always have this, uh, this service whenever we have a camp or whatever. So he's on the stage, and uh, he was talking about this story with, uh, with sea turtles and, and how there's a bunch of little baby sea turtles, and there was some question the only thing I remember about it was, was like, well, how many do we save? And then he said, at least one. So they were like, it was like, so well, how many people are we supposed to go there and, and win to Christ? And he's like, if it's just one. If it's just one, it's worth it. And so that always stuck with me because I, I always want to just, I'm competitive within myself. I may not show it all the time outwardly, but I'm always trying to out, outdo myself, outdo my last goal or, or outdo my last record or something. And it doesn't matter. Don't put so much pressure on yourself to share it with the world because you know what? We're not going to reach the whole world. The, we're not, you as a single person cannot tell everybody in the world. We can only tell the people that are around us, the people we go see, the people that we're in contact with. And that doesn't mean you have to force something. You know who you're around all day? People. 
people around you all day. And now God may put something on your, on your heart. For example, John Howe went to Haiti. It was the best birthday gift ever. That was kind of cool. It was on my birthday. But he went to Haiti because he felt so called by God to go there. And even though we're going to go there here soon as a church, he felt so called by God that he wanted to go now. Stuff like that will happen. That's that bread getting passed to you. That's that conviction. That's, the, that's God's provision coming at you, and you just got to take it and give it. And so that's what we're, we're, we're the vessels. And another thing I want us to notice is that he used what was right in front of us. See, I have, I have this problem with just trusting that where I'm at right now is enough. Like being content with whether it's the amount of money I make or where I'm at or whatever. I have such a hard time being content with where I'm at, but also knowing that there's a motivation in there to move forward. But in that, in that, in that process, in my, in my mind, I, I almost don't enjoy the moment. It was like when, whenever um, it was the wedding day, and I had two or three people tell me, Make sure you stop today at least once every once in a while and just soak in the moment because if not, you won't remember anything. And I tell you what, like, I, I don't remember who was there. I don't remember nothing. I mean, it was just like I remember like, being with my groomsmen and then we prayed and we went outside and the sun was shining in my eyes and my eyes were watering. And right when she was walking down the aisle, was, the sun was like these lights right here. But... uh. So that's what happened, and that's, that's all I remember. But the thing is, is as I get that way in my, in my life where I'm just like, man, I, I'm pursuing this, this next level. I, I want to know, what am I going to do, God? What am I going to do? And then all the time, I'm missing the opportunities right here in the present because I'm so consumed with, well, i got to have more because uh, to feed these people, i got to make this amount of money or make more, and then, then I'll have enough. Well, the whole time God's telling me, and God's telling us, use what we have right here, right now. There's seven loaves of bread here. And we think that's not enough. We think we've got we've to search out for more. We, we've got to go around digging in these plants, seeing what's edible, whatever. We think we just got to go search it out and just be busy-bodied, and we think we're getting something done. But all the time we're just like, these seven loaves are enough. And you know what God did? God multiplied it. And that's like, our, that's like the fruits in our lives. You see, God provides the growth. We plant the seeds, He provides the growth. You just see it multiplying. And you know what's crazy? Is like this church is a very good example of just that. Because I remember when we were in college and career, and Kenny brought us down into the to the basement where we, you know, where we were or whatever, and it was freezing cold. And I was so scared, you guys. Like, I knew Kenny was talking. He was like, I got to talk to you or whatever. And I was like, I loved hearing Kenny talk about stuff. I mean, it's just constant. Like, every time I was there, every time I was hearing him speak, something was changing inside of me. And I was just like, I was kind of pumped up. But then again, kind of nervous. I thought he was about to just, you know, hammer us with some gospel or something like that. But then all of a sudden, he starts talking about he was going to leave. And boy, oh, my goodness. I, the floodgates, did, I mean, it was bad. I mean, my heart was like in two, you know. And Kylie was sitting right next to me, and both we couldn't hold it together. She, she has tear ducts, okay? So, <laughs> anyways, 
I hear people in the back just boo-hooing. I mean, it was, it was just crazy. And now I, I stayed where we were for a little bit longer. And when I came to the first service at the old building, you guys, I was like, whoa, wow, this is crazy to see the diversity of people, to see all the fruit. I was walking through a garden, guys. I'm talking about I was in there thinking, oh, wow, I don't even know what to say. Like, I was so, like, broken on the inside because I missed God so much. It was like I had, I had not felt the Holy Spirit in a real way with, like, with a bunch of people in so long. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I missed this so much. And I was just like, and they get, they've been hearing everything that I've been wanting to hear for, like, two years. Well, yeah, we just hit two years. But, like, I, it felt that way. I mean, like, it felt like forever, okay? So I was just, like, so thankful and like right now, looking at you guys, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just thankful to see how this fruit just grows because God provides it. You know, Kenny, Kenny just, just comes up here with, with the bread God gave him, and, and we, we take that in, and it fills, us, it fills our bellies, and we're just like, man, that's good, that's solid, I want to come back. And that's what happens to us when we, when we hear that. And it's, it's not Kenny. I know he wants me to say that right now. It's not Kenny. It's the bread that God gives us. It's, it's the word of life. It's, it's this stuff that we're talking about, but we're talking about it in a real way. This is real food. This is not fake stuff. This is not coffee to, to push off your, you know, your appetite for a little while. This is real stuff, and it fills you up, and it's good. So what we take away from that is that we are the vessels. We bring this message out. And God provides the message. God provides that conviction. He'll provide that next step when you don't see it right in front of you. Before long, he'll make a light come on it so you can see where you're stepping. One step at a time, we're just going to follow God. And so I want to talk about the youth specifically because if you look around, there's, there's way more adults in here than youth, but that is okay. I, I promise you, I, I love that. I, I want to see these kids have people to look up to. I say kids, y'all are, whatever. Y'all are my kids. I, I call y'all my kids. But anyways, so I, I love for y'all to have mentors, and I promise you I'm not concerned about numbers. Yeah. I promise you I'm not. The, more, the thing I'm more concerned about is the growth in here. And I wanted to tell you guys, just from thinking about it so much, that we have such a special youth group here. It's so much different, which I'm a different youth pastor, I guess. I don't, I don't feel like I am one. But there, y'all are so much different than anything I've ever seen. Y'all are not typical. Y'all... Y'all have unique gifts. Every single, every single person has a unique gift. And y'all are such unique people. And y'all are so diverse just within such a small group. And you know what? Y'all hold yourselves accountable by coming here. There, there's, I mean, of course, you're, some of your parents come here. But, but just the fact that not all of you got, you know, it, it takes... You know, one person to have another best friend it takes that person clicking, right? But not all of y'all click like, like a best friend does, but y'all come together so 
y'all are so special. Y'all come together and y'all show love for one another. There's no drama as far as I know. It's just, and I'm not saying that the, the drama won't come up. If more people start coming, whatever, I don't care about that stuff. We'll deal with it when it comes and we'll trust God. But what I'm saying is, is what we have in you guys is so special. And the, the mistakes each one of you have made is so special in reaching the people that are right next to you and reaching the people who, who you're going to come in contact with. We, y'all, are the definition of a broken vessel, bringing the Holy Spirit and bringing God into y'all's school systems and whatever it is. And my challenge to you guys is this, and, and I, trust me, I'm not talking about, invite your friends so we can have more kids and adults. Invite your friends so we can fill this whole place up with 200 people because we want to just max it out so we can have a bigger building. I don't, I don't, I almost said a bad word. I don't give a crap about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care. I mean, people ask me, I'm sorry. Don't, it, God, I don't even know what to say right now. But people ask me all the time, how many kids y'all run on a Wednesday night? Less than a thousand? I mean, you know, what do you want me to say? I don't, I'm not counting them. I'm not head counting when they come in, and I don't care. I mean, like, I talk to my kids, and y'all, I, mean, I care about y'all, and, and I want to invest in you guys' hearts. I don't want to invest in, in the amount of people that are here. And you know what? If we have 100 one month, and then the next month we drop to, to 50, man, what, what's going on? Something happened? No, I mean, it's okay. I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? It's fine. I'm not, I'm not worried about, well, what do we got to change? And, you know, something about the music? What, what, we just got to you know, change the lights or something? What, what, who cares? You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all by yourselves, just you guys are enough for me. And I know and I trust you guys that when we have this message and we bring it to this school system, whatever school system you're a part of, mostly Oxford, but when you bring it to this school system, and they start hearing about the real truth, and it starts catching on, and people are starting to eat some real meals, some real bread, and they're not trying to get impressed by some awesome game, or they're getting impressed by some, some awesome lights, which we do have that kind of stuff. But they're not getting impressed by that. They're getting impressed by genuine relationships, genuine worship, genuine gospel, and that's what they're attaching to. And so I think it's a perfect time as we're going into the new year that when y'all go back to school, we have this fresh message. And now that y'all know that I'm challenging you guys, we've got to share it. We've got to go. And you know who that starts with? That starts with me. And I've, I've thought about it a lot, and I'm just like, Man, you know, like, what, you're busy. No, we're all busy. We all have time. The time is taken up by something. It doesn't matter if you've got four jobs or one. Somehow, all eight hours of the day are filled, including the ones when you go home. We're all busy. We all got stuff to do. But the thing is, is that this message that we're bringing out is the most important thing in our lives. I was asking myself today, I'm sorry, I'm not rambling, but I was, I was asking myself today about a guy that I'm working with. He's kind of lazy. He was kinda, I was kind of having to pick up his slack, and I'm kind of getting tired of talking to him. I'm just like, come on, man, you got to step it up. You got to do this. You got to do this without discouraging him. But I was asking myself today, 
how do I ask him where his priorities are? Because when I'm watching him, when I'm watching him work, I realize that he's not lazy. I realize that, that he's not just, just trying to have me do more work behind him. Or, and I realize that he's not doing these things, but I, I do realize that his priorities are somewhere else. He's, his mind is focused somewhere else, and he can't focus on, on right here, right now, trying to, trying to work and get this job done. Instead, he's focused somewhere else. He's stressed out or something. So that, that's, that's with us. Where are our priorities? Because I know that a lot of times finances can get in our minds and, and help like, just make us focus on something else or, or jobs or trying to figure out where, where's my future, who am I going to marry, or wh- whatever it is. Sometimes that takes our priority when our priority should be with the gospel. Our priorities should be with the gospel. Our priorities should be when we go to school, yes, you're getting your work done. Yes, you're doing your homework. And yes, you're obeying your teachers and and doing all those kind of things, doing your extracurricular activities. But in that, in that, why are we doing these things? Why are we are we working? Why do we are we around these people? Just think about it for a second. I think maybe, just maybe, God put us in these places for a specific reason, to be around specific people. I think maybe that God put us in certain classes or certain jobs so that we can influence others or be around certain people with certain struggles and certain issues that they have in their life just so we can encourage them sometimes. We may not have to just like shove the gospel in their face, but maybe we can encourage them. Maybe we can build a relationship with these people. I think God puts us in certain places at certain times for a reason. And guys, when you're in high school, it's okay to be in high school. You don't have to want to graduate right here, right now. I cannot wait to get out of this school. Enjoy it while you can. I promise you that high school is some of the best times that you'll ever have. And when you go back to a a high school football game and you start seeing all your friends, you start seeing uh, these people and say, well, I used to do it too. You're going to start missing. You're going to start thinking about people you didn't share with. You're going to start thinking about how, you know, you acted around this person at a certain time or whatever. You're going to start thinking about these things. So make your years in high school worth it. And if you do go back and you start regretting things, don't worry about it. You've been forgiven. Does that make sense? You're, you're there for a reason. We're here. We're in our workplaces for a reason. Now, Jesus just got in the boat after all that, after all that talking, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read it. And it says, he crossed to the other side of the lake. So he gets in the boat and he crossed to the other side of the lake. But the disciples had forgotten to bring any food. They had only one loaf of bread with them in the boat. As they were crossing the lake, Jesus warned them, watch out, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. At this, they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, Why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes. Can't you see? You have ears. Can you not hear? Don't you remember anything at all? When I fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterward? Twelve. And when I fed the 4,000 with seven loaves, how many large baskets of, of leftovers did you pick up? Seven. Don't you understand yet? He asked them. So, the thing is, 
is even if our priorities are in check, and even if this gospel message is just so burdened on our hearts that we're going to the world across the street, next city, next state, wherever we're going, sometimes we will forget. We will forget a lot of the times. Because you know what? If someone's next to us, and, and we're focused on something else. It may not be anything sinful. This is not anything wrong. If you're, just, if you're thinking about something else, you don't have to constantly be thinking about gospel, Bible all the time. That's not, God did not intend for that to happen. Yes, he, he intends you to be in constant communication with him because he wants it, because he wants you to have peace. He, he wants these things. But say all of a sudden you're distracted just a little bit. And this person has a struggle, and you're like, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. And God's like, do you not remember last time when you shared the gospel with this person? I provided every word for you to say. And, and don't you remember last time when this person needed some money? Don't you remember I provided that for you? And don't you remember when you, when you were hungry all those days, and I feed you three times a day? Don't you remember these things? And God's just kind of putting a little reminder in our hearts that He is always there. That He will always provide, and in an abundance. Because they had 12 and 7 large baskets of leftovers. And the crazy thing is, y'all think that, that we forget? Okay, just think about it. The guy just fed 5,000, not so long before, 5,000 men, so like 20,000 people before he fed like twelve to 16,000 people. And they sat there and said, hey, we don't have any bread. I mean, you know, we're looking at them like, you idiots? Like, I mean, do you not just see what he did? Like, hey, Jesus, give me some bread, bro. I'm hungry. That's what I'm saying. But we forget. I mean, it's that easy, you guys. Like, we'll go out of here and we'll forget too. But that's okay, I think. I think that it's okay. Don't beat yourself up for forgetting because you know what? God will graciously remind you of your priorities. God will put a message on your heart. And I promise you when, you, when you start drifting away and the Holy Spirit is truly inside you, I promise you, you'll feel a knock at your heart. I promise you, if you step a foot in the wrong direction and, and you're in the middle of this, of this scene that you knew you shouldn't be, I promise you, you'll be reminded at that moment that you are not where you're supposed to be and you feel distant from God and that just breaks your heart. This is not a message for you to say, for me to say to you, get back on track, people. Get back on track. You're not doing the right things. You're being complacent. Because you know what? If I said that, I mean, we're getting on to something that we can't help. We're getting mad at something that we can't help. We can't help that we're forgetful people. But I tell you one thing we can do is that we can, we can try. I tell you, we, we can take this bread and take it to the world. And when God reminds us, He'll remind us at the right moments. You know, God is an on-time God. I've heard that for so long. But He really is. When you need the message, He'll give you the message. And when, when you're going to share the gospel with this world, your faithfulness will be rewarded, I promise you. I promise you that being a broken vessel is a good thing. It's a good thing. You see, we're not bringing a list of do's and don'ts to people, and that includes trying our best and putting it on our own shoulders to not forget about this gospel message. 
Because it's never too far off. God is never too far off if the Holy Spirit is in you. We're not bringing a list of do's and don'ts. And I promise you, God will provide. He'll always be there. He'll provide growth in your hearts, not just in numbers. I don't care. We don't care about numbers. But if they come, that's uh, the more the merrier. We love people. But it's okay. I don't, I don't mind having 20 in the youth or whatever it may be, under 1,000. I don't mind it at all. It actually makes me glad that we're content with where God has placed us now. We're not content and just being complacent and just waiting around for something to happen. No, we're, active, we're actively being content with where we are. We're actively using what we have in front of us. So it's actually a good thing to be a broken vessel. It, it really is. We, we see God's grace in it. We see that he reminds us. We see that he loves us because he reminds us and because he's reminding us just so that somebody else can hear the gospel. Somebody else can be saved. And my challenge to you is, let's bring this message. Let's bring it to our schools. Let, let's be broken and embrace this brokenness and bring it out, whoever it may be. And my goal with this series is to show you how to be, engage the culture, engage your friends in what you're doing. So, that's it. We're supposed to be broken vessels, and we're supposed to bring this to the world, even though we forget. So, I'm going to pray, and tonight, I know you thought about somebody that you know that either hasn't heard the gospel or has heard it and they, it just breaks your heart that they still haven't given into it yet because you know that's what they desperately need. That person that's on your heart, can you just come pray for them? Because they need it. They need it bad. I know, I know one person that, that's been on my heart a lot. And I just want to see that person fall in love with Jesus and feel that grace and, and not see that list of do's and don'ts. So I'm going to pray and, and you come down here and, and pray for that person because they need the gospel. Father, I just I want to thank you, Lord, for pursuing us, God, and for constantly reminding us how much you love us and how much you love the people of this world. God, how you want them to be free from their captivity, God, and just start following after you. And God, I, for the people that are, that are lost in here, Lord, I, I want them to hear this message so clearly, Lord. I want them to, to hear your love and feel your love so clearly. And the people that are on our hearts, God, I know that there's a lot of people in here thinking about that person. God, that brokenness that we feel over that is a good thing and God I hope my prayer is Lord that we will not give up on that person that we will not give up in our fight to share the gospel we will not give up in our fight against our forgetfulness God I pray we will not give up God whether it's across the street or across the world or whatever it may be I know that's a battle in our hearts but God I pray that we will listen to you 
we would see, God, what do you want us to do? And God, we may not know it right now, but God, we're just, we're pursuing you until you shine a light on that next step so we can take it. That's what we want. God, our hearts are so heavy just for you. We want to know you more. God, we miss you. God, we miss you so much. God, we want to see your growth. We want to see fruits grow. We want to see hearts grow. So God, I pray right now that your love would just overflow in us and overflow from us to these people that are on our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.